0: i'm ryan from the dad io podcast a show dedicated to dorky dads everywhere part of the gonna geek network just like the show you're checking out now shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others find other dadalicious geeky shows at gonnageeknetwork.com
1: welcome to episode 220 of better podcasting on this show we talk about reasons you may consider upgrading your microphone and why you might not want to.
0: In this week's Better Podcasting download, we look at a fundamental change in the podcasting space.
1: And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we hear from one of our listeners who one man banded a convention. Lauren, start the show now.
2: Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes, And starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer.
0: Welcome to an all new episode of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen golden Mike John drew Uh, not true and I'm pleased to say that SP is here this week
1: man if you can afford a golden microphone I got a few things I gotta get from you before that happens hey everyone how's it going it feels better really great to be back in the better podcasting studio Uh, full disclosure I've never left the better podcasting studio I've been here the entire two weeks since we've recorded our last episode
0: If you didn't know this, we often like to kick off the start of the show with what we call a how I saved my podcast story. This is where we turn it over to you, the listener or the viewer to tell us about something that went wrong with your show and how you fixed it. We like to include those where we can when people submit them. And if you can send a video clip, that's great because we do have a full video companion to this show over at betterpodcasting.com. But if you want to go in and send us just an audio clip, that's cool too. We'll be happy to play that. And while you're recording that for us, go ahead and promo your podcast so that we can know what your podcast is and promote it. We would absolutely love to have you submit a How I Save My Podcast story for a future episode of Better Podcasting.
1: You know, Stephen, I have an update from a previous How I Saved My Podcast story. You ready to hear it? Yeah, you
0: fired me again.
1: <laughs> no, wishful thinking on everybody's part, but no. So you remember a couple years ago, where my laptop just stopped working and became so encumbered. The operating system was so messed up. I couldn't get it working. Yeah. remember that? Uh-huh. Remember I bought a new laptop instead of trying to fix the other one because I thought it was too far gone, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Well, it turns out that that's true in that if I would have tried to save it at the time, I would have lost all the data and so on and so forth. So what I did is I bought a new M.2 drive. I shoved it in there and I used the Windows recovery tool or media recovery tool and i put windows on the new m.2 drive and i resurrected the machine so it's not really how i saved my podcast but it's how i could have saved my podcast if i had done that instead of bought a new laptop
0: so the long story short is SB likes to buy gear without fixing it is that right
1: in this particular case Yes, because I wanted the more advanced video card and the video card on the old one was an integrated onto the motherboard. Mm. So there's a yes and a no there. The laptop that I have now is better than that laptop, but the other laptop would have been serviceable for a while. And it is running now. It's actually got four and a half terabytes of storage in it right now.
0: Awesome. Well, it sounds like you have something that you can go and use for some other podcast endeavors. You'll have to find a way to work that into your podcast workflow. I'm not sure what it will be, but my personal recommendation would be whenever you record a podcast, just have it up there displaying an endless loop of me. That's what I would suggest. I think we've made it very, very clear over the years, SP, that our personal recommendation when you're starting out a podcast is just starting simple with a Samson Q2U, an Audio Technica ATR2100, or an Audio Technica AT2005. These are our recommended microphones to start because of the price point, because of the functionality. There's a variety of good reasons that that might want to be your first microphone. But the thing is, we recognize that there's many situations where you may be considering doing a microphone change. Heck, as two guys who have a series of microphones, and for the video viewer, uh, I have many more microphones than what you see on screen every week. uh, We totally do understand that you might have that desire to change your microphone. Now, while you may be thinking that upgrading your microphone is all sunshine and roses, the reality is that there are both pros and cons to upgrading your microphone. And there's a lot of considerations that you may want to have as well as you consider what you might be upgrading to. And if you don't have some of these considerations, you might end up with a glorified paperweight. And again, as two guys who own several MXL microphones, I mean, own a series of paperweights, uh, We definitely understand this as well.
1: We definitely do. Hey, today we want to talk about some of the pros and cons of upgrading a microphone. And did we say cons? Did Steven say cons? Yes, both him and I just said cons. So we're going to be talking about the cons here. But first, we're going to start out with the pros of upgrading your microphone. Let's kick this off. You may achieve a sound that is more to your desire. Now, every microphone is different and it produces a different flavor of sound. We'll call it a flavor of sound. And if you're looking for a certain style of sound, switching your microphone could help you achieve this. Uh, Let's look at two relatively popular microphones, the Shure SM7B, which I used to have, and the Electrovoice RE320, which I am currently using. Now, the Electrovoice RE320 has a fairly bright sound, while the SM7B has a more neutral or flat sound. A podcaster could have very different sound on both of the microphones. So that's just one example. Another example might be the Rode Procaster, which I have a different sound than the RE320.
0: I think the Rode Procaster is actually a good example of that as well, just because you and I sound so very different on it.
1: Yes, we do. We we both sound differently. I won't sound bad. I don't sound bad. You don't sound bad. But we both sound different on it. Another advantage of upgrading microphones is that you may make it easier for you to produce good quality audio. For example, if you're using a handheld microphone and you have to get up close on that microphone to maximize that sound because the gain needs to be a certain way, but you're super excitable while you're talking, you may find that there is a tendency to pop the mic all the time with all of those B's and P's and produce those plosives because you're so close to the microphone. Now, by upgrading to a larger diameter dynamic microphone, you may be able to alleviate some of these plosives by giving yourself more space between you and the microphone. The ElectroVoice RE320 has a wonderful proximity effect that you can be two inches away from the microphone or a foot away from the microphone, probably more like six to nine inches away from the microphone. And you're going to sound relatively the same. So you can go back in and forth. If you were to do the same thing with a handheld dynamic microphone, you're probably not going to sound the same in a studio environment.
0: Another benefit to upgrading your microphone is that you could possibly help freshen up your podcasting sound to a degree. When you change out your microphone, you may end up changing how you sound on your podcast. Not only might this freshen up things or change things up a little bit for your listeners, but it could help you somehow reconnect a little bit with your podcast itself as you sort of hear yourself differently. You might end up not being so complacent as you edit. You might be listening a little bit better as you try to dial that on in. But another possible pro to upgrading your microphone is that you could buy the same microphone as SP. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, That's not what I was going to say. You could possibly end up having new gear to play with. Now, the reason I made that joke about the RE320 and new gear to play with is because out of all of the microphones I've ever played with, the RE320 is probably the one that I did have to play with the most, most because I had such a different sound on it than SP did. But here's the thing. While I ended up finding that it ended up not being my cup of tea, it was still a lot of fun to go and play with the microphone and get to know the microphone. Yes, we do regularly suggest that you put your money into the right places in your podcast, but we do recognize that sometimes one of the reasons why you do podcasting is just for fun and to try new things and so if you do end up getting a new microphone it's a new toy to play with even if it ends up being like the re320 for me where it's not a day-to-day use anymore it still is a fun thing that you get to play with as you enjoy your hobby and for me that was the case with the re320 is i had a lot of fun tinkering with that and i still dig it out every now and then just to try and play around with a little bit more
1: Another pro of a new microphone or a microphone upgrade, it may offer certain characteristics that your current choice does not offer. For example, it could have a different pattern for pickup, which could benefit your specific situation. Or perhaps it has a couple of physical switches to modify the sound right on the microphone. I know the SM7B was like this. For example, something like a high pass filter, a presence boost, et cetera. These switches, which are usually found on the back of the microphone could allow you to capture a better recording of your voice. The microphone also could allow you to expand the type of content that you're creating. Really? Yeah. Here's how we know that you're saying, how can tech create content? Well, it may allow you to open your horizons. For example, maybe your microphone has a lot of handling noise. That noise gets picked up when you physically hold the microphone. If you're wanting to be mobile, such as doing field interviews, that microphone may not be the best decision. Changing to a microphone designed specifically for that use case or adding a microphone to your arsenal specifically for that use case could allow you to now do these interviews without that handling noise with the microphone.
0: But there's also some cons to consider when you go and upgrade your microphone. Remember how when you started, it took a lot of experimenting with your equipment? You had to work on dialing in that placement, other possible processing settings, and really just all of the things that help produce that final sound as you become comfortable with that microphone? For example, did it take you many episodes to find just that perfect position for you? If you're using outboard gear like a DBX-286, did it take you a while to find those perfect settings? How about the actual post-production process? Is there a certain filters or effects that you have on there to help manipulate that sound? All of these things you're going to have to do again to a degree as you dial it in for your new microphone. Do you have the time for that?
1: But another con to upgrading your microphone, you might be paying for something that makes you less happy. Unfortunately, with microphones, sometimes they're just not a good fit for someone's voice or they just don't match the sound you're looking for. When this happens, you may end up with that paperweight that we're talking about before in this podcast. For instance, I literally gave away my shirt SM7B. That's right. I gave it away because it wasn't the right fit for my voice or my studio. Would I do it again if I had the choice? Yeah, I probably would because I just wanted to get it out of my studio. It would be nice for comparisons again right now, but I'm just glad I don't have to deal with it because it was not a good fit for my voice. Another con is that you may need to buy more gear for the new microphone, right, Stephen? For example,
0: do you need a new pop filter? If you've only owned yourself a handheld microphone, uh, you might have yourself a little bit of a windscreen or one of those foams that go over top of the microphone. If you're going to a large size dynamic microphone, maybe you need to get yourself a bigger pop filter. It could definitely happen, and... I've, I've known a lot of people who have done that and they've gotten to put their filter over their new mic and they've it doesn't fit or they tear it as they go to try to put it on. I'm one of them. Uh, also, <laughs> will the mic arm or the way that you're holding that microphone support the new microphone? Different mics weigh different amounts. And the thing is, some of these higher end microphones weigh more than just a simple handheld microphone. Again, I've known lots of people who have had a basic swing arm, you know, one of those like $17 XYZ company microphones and they go in the or microphone arms and they go and they get a bigger microphone and it just sags. So you might need to get yourself a new mic arm. Do you need new cables? Let's say you're using that Audio Technica AT2005 going directly into your computer and now you've gone and you've upgraded to a microphone that only has XLR connections and you have to go and have other equipment to be able to go and hook that up, including the cable. Are you going to need a better preamp? Maybe the microphone that you have picked doesn't drive as well as the microphone you were using. And as you go and you apply more gain to that microphone, it now sounds super hissy. You might need a better preamp. As microphone upgrades happen, sometimes you just will find that the current setup that you're using does not support it and you'll have to upgrade other gear as well
1: what are some of the reasons that we don't think you should upgrade now our pro section had a variety of benefits to upgrading but what are some reasons that we think aren't necessarily the strongest to upgrade on their own first one we'll go into is that you like somebody else on the specific microphone while you may hear somebody else on the mic and like that sound, we don't think that this is a reason that you should definitely upgrade your microphone. This is because everyone sounds different. And further, you don't know how they're processing the sound or even if they're processing the sound. I'll give you a few examples. Both of us sound very different as we just discussed on the Electro Voice RE320. Stephen just doesn't sound right on it, I'll be honest with you, whereas I sound better on it. I'll give you another example. The Audio-Technica BP-40. I don't sound bad on it, but I don't sound as good, at least to me, that I sound on the Electro-Voice RE-320. Steven, on the other hand, really enjoys his voice on the Audio-Technica BP-40, and so do I. I like his voice there. We are both so different. We didn't realize this until we started actually comparing our similar voices on the same microphone. Our voices are literally so different that we need different microphones to sound the best, at least to us, that we sound.
0: So could someone's sound be a reason that you might consider upgrading? Absolutely, you might want to consider based off of a sound that you're striving for. But on its own, we don't think that it's enough of a reason that you should definitely go and upgrade. Another reason that we think you might not want to upgrade is because you think that changing your microphone is going to help you with bad mic technique. And what we mean by that is if you are not using a microphone properly right now, why do you think that a new microphone is going to help you use that microphone better? For example, if you are currently wanting to sit back further from a microphone, you may consider getting a condenser microphone because a condenser microphone is much more much more sensitive. Now, we don't personally recommend it for most hobby podcast studios, but I'm just saying, if if you're looking to sit back from your microphone, it might be an option that someone is considering. But what about all of those other problems that are going to be implemented when you end up sitting further back from that condenser microphone? You're going to have to turn up the gain a little more. You're going to hear more noise. And are you really going to be good at keeping perfectly still so that you don't barely touch your desk, which your condenser microphone will completely pick up, and all of those other external factors that are going to be imposed now that you've switched to a condenser microphone.
1: I'll give you another example where this might think it would benefit you by changing to it, but you're going to introduce a lot of different issues. So a lot of people have tried to look into the broadcast headset microphone. It's got a dynamic cardio microphone on it. Stuff like the Audio Technica BPH-S1. I have a set. I've used it before. There's a few problems with it. One of the issues with it is that it has a hard cutoff, and you can definitely tell that. Uh, Another issue with it is that you need to have a separate cable for the audio. Otherwise, you're wearing some earmuffs, some very expensive earmuffs. So there are pros and cons to changing to that, whereas your distance between the actual microphone as it sits in front of your mouth is the same no matter where you turn your head to, but you pick up the problem of the hard cutoff, the frequency cutoff of the microphone, and the fact that you're going to need more gear for headsets. Now, I do advocate using headphones whenever you record to monitor yourself on the microphone, and Have them available to your co-hosts and guests. However, I realize that not everybody does that, so just beware if you don't normally do that and you upgrade to these headsets, you are going to need additional audio gear, And you're probably going to have to do some post-processing in order to prevent those hard cutoffs from happening. It's just the design of the microphone It is what it's used for. It's for use in high background noise environments so that you can sound really crystal clear right through it. So that's just another example of trying to change your microphone to relieve microphone position, but you're introducing a whole host of other issues along the way.
0: Another reason why you might not want to upgrade is because you're just feeling shame over your current microphone. Unfortunately, this does sometimes happen when you're talking to other people and you end up feeling a certain level of shame by someone in regard to the microphone that you're using now. They may make a comment negatively about your current mic or it could just be a matter of you see something else. And you just feel like you're inferior. Honestly, we don't think that you should feel shame about your microphone. Don't feel shame. If you're making good quality content, don't feel shame. But sometimes you might feel that way and you might think, okay, this is the reason why I should upgrade. No, if you're happy with how you're sounding, don't just switch microphones because of the fact that you feel a level of shame. Unless, of course, you feel shame like I do when I look at SP every week because he is far better than me. If it's SP, always feel shame.
1: Okay, first of all, that's not true. Second of all, if you're on a chat headset, which is different from the broadcast headset that I was talking about before, you might wanna look at upgrading. I know the quality of those microphones have increased a little bit over the course of the last few years. It's still not as good as a dynamic microphone. So as long as you're starting on a decent dynamic microphone, then you shouldn't feel shame about upgrading. But if you're using your laptop microphone, then it's probably time to upgrade.
0: The next point that we want to talk about is one that I know nothing about. I never have telephones ringing in my background. I never have kids yelling in my background. What's the next point, (laughs) SB?
1: You think that it will completely remove extreme noise, either background noise or just extreme noise, like an airplane flying 10 feet above your house or something like that. let's say you've got a neighbor that is constantly blaring music or children in that area that are screaming, So you got an open window and they're playing basketball on the street right outside, a switch to a different microphone is unlikely to solve all these problems 100%. While certain microphones do a much better job of rejecting background or off-access noise pretty well than other microphones, the reality is that with most microphone changes, extreme noise will still be picked up. So if your goal is to completely remove extreme noise, you might find yourself a little disappointed with the microphone change. Reducing noise, however, is a different story altogether. For example, the Sennheiser MD-46 does an amazing job of having a very specific pickup pattern right in front of it. It's what makes it such a great interview microphone. However, it will still pick up a loud train going by an apartment much less than some others, but perhaps you thought you can reduce it to a level that can be gated out. In case in point, both Haley and Michelle in their home studios were about 100 feet away from rail lines. I didn't realize this when I was podcasting with both of them on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., but at one time, they were both about 100 feet away from a rail line. The Sennheiser MD-46, which they were both using at the time, helped but it didn't completely alleviate their problem. And what really helped solve it, eventually they both moved. Now, one is still close to a train line, but farther away than 100 feet from that rail line.
0: Maybe that's what a company needs. They need to create a podcast microphone that specifically removes train noise. There we go.
1: I'm sure it can all be done with some sort of (laughs) dynamic software gating.
0: (laughs) But how exactly do you choose a microphone to pick in your upgrade path? Well, the first thing that we do want to talk about is we usually recommend this idea with any gear consideration. And it's that you should identify a reason that you're considering doing the upgrade. Not only is this important to avoid some of these pitfalls that we just talked about a minute ago, but with mics, it's specifically important for creating a short list of microphones that you want to look for that you think will meet that need for example if you are looking for a microphone that will do a better job of reducing the handling noise that we talked about earlier i'll call it out right now don't get yourself a blue encore 100 tons of handling noise yes we we have had many many tests with this lots of handling noise in that microphone
1: It's a great sounding microphone, but you got to isolate it. You got to shock mount it in order to use it for a podcast, in my opinion.
0: Or if you're looking for a microphone that you may want to travel with, you might want to have the versatility of both USB and XLR. That's going to limit the scope of what you're looking at. And depending on where you're at in your microphone uh, process, you might look to upgrade to something like the AT2005 or the Samsung Q2U, or the ATR2100, more to come. Uh, What about though, SB, if you're looking for a robust microphone?
1: If you're looking for a microphone that might be a little banged up, think in terms of traveling podcasts, going from stage to stage, maybe some live performances like a band. The SM58, which is a vocal stage microphone, is an incredible microphone. The great thing about this microphone is it has literally been tested to the breaking point. It has been frozen. It has been driven over. It has been thrown in a pail of water. I mean, the the thing is just a tank. Now, while I don't 100% like the sound, it does a sufficient level of reproducing a voice. And if you are taking it from stage to stage like a band, you're going to need to pick up something like that, there's several other newer microphones on the market that haven't literally been through all those tests that we just gave, but are more built tankish than, say, a Blue Encore 100 or an Audio Technica ATR 2100 that you might want to look into. But we know for a fact that the Shure SM58 is the microphone to use if you're going to bang the crap out of that thing. And I will say the Sennheiser MD46 is also pretty robust. I've had that out and about. I don't think I've dropped it while I'm using it, but it supposedly can take a licking and keep on ticking as well. So those are two microphones that I can recommend to you right away that are pretty good for all that. Also, let's say you want a microphone to sound like the FM DJ that you grew up with listening to with that wonderful FM sound. Stephen, what kind of a microphone do you think might be appropriate to reproduce that just in general?
0: Oh, I'd probably say there's probably a Heil in there for you somewhere uh, because Bob Heil ha- has said that that's what he shaped the Heil PR-40 for. So uh, you're probably looking the- at the PR-40.
1: I've actually listened to several interviews with Bob Heil talking about that, and he does admit he specifically tuned the microphone to sound a little bit FM-ish, except for the radio microphones, because he's also into uh, the, the radio, not radio, but like ham radio sound. You need to be clear with those. So those are tuned a different way. And both of them, I don't think I would recommend for podcasting in general. But hey, if that's your joy, go for it. Also, if you do voice work, you might want to look into a, a microphone that's been highly recommended for voice work in addition to podcasting. And an example of that might be a Sennheiser MKH-416. It's a thousand dollar microphone, but it comes highly recommended, highly lauded, and it does great for what it is. I don't think it's necessary for podcasting, but if you're using your microphone for other things, say you're doing podcasting for a hobby, yet you are literally doing voice work for a job, you might want to look into a better microphone like the Sennheiser MKH-416. I have been looking forward to the day where I can actually order one, and I'm looking forward to doing that as soon as my kids stop breaking stuff around the house.
0: (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, write down why you want to upgrade and make sure that you get a microphone that can do the job that you want it to do. Essentially, you're taking that shortlist and you're documenting it so that you can actually go and use that as a checklist when you go and you look at different microphones this is going to also help avoid buying a microphone just because it looks cool or it's got an expensive price tag or you saw SP use it on a uh, procedural crime drama because he was the podcaster that came on that week in order to crack the case with uh, Ted Danson.
1: Ted Danson now, huh? Is he he on one of those shows now? Ted Danson? Uh, Go figure. I thought he was married to Whoopi Goldberg at one point, by the way, but I learned that he had just dated her. They weren't actually married. So you should also look at the microphone and how it will be integrated to your gear. As much as I love my Zoom H5, it isn't exactly designed to be used with a Shure SM7B. Similarly, and that is, by the way, that is because of the preamps and they're just not powerful enough on a Zoom H5 for most people to use a Shure SM7B with it. It could work for some people that really project their voice, but for most people, you're going to have a little difficulty getting a great sound out of that. Similarly, if you're going to be using a travel setup, you might look into using a microphone that has that USB connection. And that is because you don't need a additional audio interface or a recorder or something like that. You'll literally just have a laptop or a tablet and the microphone. I get it. Go for it if that is your requirement. Also, if you get that broadcast headset that I was talking before, you know, the Audio-Technica BP-HS1 or similar, you'll likely need that quarter-inch headphone input or at least an adapter. Otherwise, you just have that really expensive pair of earmuffs I was talking about before.
0: Another thing that you should uh, do while you're choosing your next mic- microphone is making sure to pick a microphone that best suits your voice. And we've touched on this a few times. This can be a, definitely a tough decision and a tough thing to factor in because of the fact that there are so many different sounding voices out there and you really are going to have to hear yourself on that microphone to really check this one on the list. In order to do this, try local audio gear stores and see if they have a floor model that you might be able to use to test it on your own. You could alternatively try to rent one might save you some money in the long run. And at a last resort, You could try to find someone who does have a voice similar to yours and listen how they sound on that microphone, but be cautious of the fact that their setup might be very different from yours. And this could be quite a significant difference like the preamp, or it could just be a matter of the environment. Microphones sound different in different environments. It's just the way that they are.
1: If you're looking for a certain sound, take a look to a variety of samples and see how you think they'll stack up against your voice. You don't want to decide just based on one person's review and use of that microphone. It's a great idea to hear a variety of shootouts and comparisons and try to find the commonalities with how that microphone sounds with different voices. Obviously, the best possibility is if you're able to use the mic, perhaps return it if you don't like it but you aren't always able to do this with microphones. So sometimes you have to just listen to a variety of options and samples and make the best educated guess possible that you can have. Fun fact, I did this with the ElectroVoice RE320. I literally listened to a lot of voices that I considered similar to mine, and it sounded like it'd be a good fit. And that's why I set my sights on the RE320 about the same time that I did the SM7B. I did a shootout between the two when I first bought them, and I'm glad I settled on the RE320.
0: You know, it's the same thing with when I went down the path of the BP40. Uh, I heard James Earl Jones doing a recording on the BP40, really? and I thought I thought that sounds exactly like me.
1: Really? Was he saying, Stephen, happy birthday or something like that?
0: (laughs) Disclaimer, I've never heard James Earl Jones use the BP-40. That you know of. Not that I know of. Uh, But another thing that you might want to do while you're looking to upgrade your mic is consider going the used path. Upgrading to a used microphone can be a good deal, but there can be drawbacks. First, the microphone won't be under warranty. So if something's wrong with it, you'll have to eat the cost yourself. And secondly, you might not know that there's actually something wrong with it. You might pick up the microphone and the previous person's broken it and has damaged the sound. And you're using it and you're like, I sound terrible on this microphone. When in fact, it's not the microphone model, it's the physical unit that you're using.
1: Secondly, if you happen to be a non-smoker, make sure the microphone that you're buying does not smell like smoke. This happened to me once. I think we talked about it on the podcast a few years ago. But in summary, what happened is I bought an MXL BCD-1 because I was excited to try out the lower end of the large diameter dynamic cardioid microphone, and I happened to buy it. In the side parking lot of a McDonald's or Burger King, it was really cold. It was like in the middle of January. So I didn't have a good chance of opening up the microphone case and really taking a good look at it. Had I taken a good look at it and taken time and literally smelled it, I would have known that it was not the microphone for me. There was a whole thing about me actually having to try to take the microphone apart air it out, wash it out, and I ended up literally rebuilding the microphone, including soldering. It was just this long thing. So I would really recommend if you are a non-smoker, make sure the microphone that you are buying, you actually get to test it in person or see it in person before you buy it. And I know a lot of people buy used microphones over the internet, and this would be a big caution, I would say, against it because you don't know if a smoker's been using it or not. There is no 100% way to clean the microphone. So when you do get it, try to disinfect it as best you can before you start using it and handling it. You just don't know what kind of germs are on it or have been on it or how long it's been used or that sort of thing. So definitely try to clean the microphone. Even a cursory surface clean is going to be better for you than nothing.
0: And finally, let's talk about affordability. New microphones are great but they all cost something. And to be honest, unless your sound is completely distracting, you are the main person that is going to benefit from that upgrade. So if you are doing an upgrade or considering doing an upgrade, our advice is to make sure you also consider budget and stay within budget. There's no need to go pod poor, hashtag pod poor, if you already have a serviceable microphone that you're relatively happy with. And a microphone like a Samson Q2U is an amazing sound for the price. So just make sure the microphone that you're choosing is in your budget and the savings plan that you have for your podcast. Please make sure that you are not buying a microphone because you think it's going to make you a cooler podcaster.
1: Because we know it will. Better microphone is always cooler podcast, right? It has nothing to do with technique content, or personality.
0: I stand corrected. Sell your house for a golden microphone.
1: I would have to sell my house for a golden microphone. Those puppies are expensive. In summary, if you are considering upgrading your microphone, make sure it's something that you want to do and understand the why you want to do it. After you formulate your requirements, look into the microphones that will help you do that job that you need it to do. Find a microphone that's a good fit for your voice and affordable. And most importantly, I would say, especially with better podcasting, have fun using that new microphone, especially because once you get it, they just don't come around very often in hobby studios. So make sure you enjoy the time when you do get to upgrade and get to know that microphone. Listener, have you upgraded your microphone? Do you have any advice on how to upgrade your microphone for your fellow better podcasting listeners? I mean, did we forget a key reason why you upgraded, drop us a line, let us know so we can share it with our audience. Podcast at betterpodcasting.com is our email address. Once again, that's podcast at betterpodcasting.com.
2: This is the Better Podcasting Download.
0: Oh, sometimes in the better podcasting download, we cover a topic that is so monumental to the industry that we say to ourselves, maybe this should have been an entire featured segment. Today's not one of those days, but it is still a very important thing that we think that we should mention because of the fact that we have many, many, many references to the predecessor of what we're about to talk about. It's another situation. That we are looking at this and going, oh, our back catalog is wrong in so many places. SP, why is our back catalog wrong now?
1: Honestly, I should have seen this coming because the Christmas deals, the holiday deals were just too good for these USB XLR microphones. I should have known that there were going to be some changes coming in. and. Might I say it's about time because those microphones had been static for a while. What I'm talking about is the microphones that we usually recommend, the Audio-Technica ATR2100, the Audio-Technica AT2005, and the Samsung Q2U in the past. We had also said the Knox podcasting microphone is a pretty good deal, but that was just a knockoff and discontinued, I guess, once Audio-Technica figured out what was going on. So it's just been those three, the 2100, the 2005, and the Q2U for quite some time. The first in that list was the ATR2100. I honestly don't know when it came out. I think we looked it up at one point in time, like 2013, 2011, something like that. Well, it's 2020 right now. And finally, Audio-Technica has updated The ATR2100, they discontinued the ATR2100 and they introduced the ATR2100X. It's probably going to be the first microphone in many XLR USB microphones that either get upgraded or come out in 2020. Now, what has changed with the 2100X? So far from everything I've read, it has, this is probably the most important thing, maybe second most important thing it has instead of the mini USB connector, it has a USB-C connector on board. And this is pretty good. Steven and I were talking before the show and we realized the only things we had left in both of our households that we used on a regular basis that had the mini USB connection was our microphones and our Zoom recorders. Everything else had been upgraded to the micro USB connection, the USB-C connection or the lightning connection over at my house with the Apple stuff. So upgrading to the USB-C makes it more compatible with a lot of the other devices that are coming out now. And let's face this, faster ability to get data back and forth. I don't think it really matters for the microphone, but it makes it more compatible with everything else that's going to be out there. So if you're traveling and you happen to forget your cord, to the ATR2100, you might have a USB-C for other devices like your cell phone or something like that. For me, it would be my GoPro. My GoPro uses a USB-C connection, so I'm very grateful that this new ATR2100X, for new people that are buying it, will have that. Another thing, and this is the other thing that I think might be a higher priority, it has... Finally, a diffuser over that LED, that LED that could have been a beacon to bring in aliens from the next galaxy next door. Yes, they finally diffused that sucker. They made it flush mounted. So it's not this bubble on the microphone body and it doesn't shine right in your face or right in the camera because a lot of people that use it, use it on camera. So that's pretty cool. I think it is probably the biggest aesthetic improvement, but also it doesn't blind you as you're reading your show notes as you're recording your show. They did upgrade the switch. It had a more knobby switch before, and it's a little bit more flush mounted now. And just color choices, I think, are different. I I don't know if the grill is a different grill. It's definitely a different color. They went from black to grayish And then the body went from gray to black. So it's a little bit as you're looking at it, you're like, "Eh, I don't know. I'm used to seeing the 2100 the other way around, but it'll grow on everybody that buys it. The color really doesn't matter, in my opinion. It's how it sounds. And I think the sound hasn't changed.
0: I know that I have already upgraded to an ATR 2100X. I went sharp and did that. So it's all upgraded, ready to go. For the audio listener, I have placed a X on my Audio-Technica ATR2100. So now you get the poor joke that I'm making.
1: Did you do that with a Sharpie or did you literally use a label maker?
0: I literally just did it right now with a label maker and couldn't find scissors. So I had to use a knife to cut it. Uh, But yes, the Audio-Technica ATR2100X, it looks like it's about time. I'm not surprised. The only thing that I wasn't sure about here that I... uh, I'm trying to figure out is whether the 2100X has that lifetime warranty as well. I'm not sure what the warranty is going to be on it. And I know that's one of the things that uh, the ATR 2100, a lot of people talked about how it had a lifetime warranty. And if the ATR 2100X doesn't have a lifetime warranty, yeah, that might be another reason why they decided to do it.
1: So from all the price points that I've seen on it for US dollars, it's $99. And so I think that'll go down, but that's what I've seen so far.
0: And actually looking at the website now, it I do see that it says that it was a U.S. lifetime warranty. Sorry, I should have checked that ahead of time.
1: Okay, so I did check the price on several different places. It is $100 versus, I remember when you can get it for $35. I don't think I ever got it for $35. I might have because I bought a couple. I think I did get them for $40, $45. And it was just an incredible entry point. This being $100, I don't know if it's going to be pretty uh, tenable. The USB capability is pretty good, but if you're going head to head with something like a Rode Pod Mic, I'd still go with the ATR 2100 because the frequency would not be as cut off as it is with the Pod Mic. But I know a lot of other people are going to take a look at the Pod Mic and go, hey, that looks like a better microphone. That's only $100. The ATR 2100X is $100. I'm going to go with the Pod Mic instead. Well, you lose the USB and you lose frequency, but. Yeah, I can see it.
0: Do you want to know another change that they made? The uh, stand, it looks to be slightly different, and I don't have it, but the stand was very, very useless in the uh, ATR2100 and the AT2005. It looks slightly less useless now, slightly less.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it stands up, and I don't know when you or I are going to get our hands on one of these because we're kind of full up with these USB microphones right now. But if they ever go on sale, I might grab one, see what it's like. Maybe do a comparison, new to old or something like that. We'll see.
0: But if you are looking for a new microphone, just know that the ATR2100X is probably going to be what you're seeing around more than the ATR2100 soon. Uh, But given it's new, it's probably going to be more costly. And thus, maybe the Samsung Q2U is something you want to look at or the Audio-Technica 2005 as those have been around for a while and might have more frequent sales. Just keep that in mind. Again, we haven't tried the ATR2100X yet, so we can't speak for sure to the sound. We, we just can't.
1: We can't, and we know it's going to change podcasting forever.
0: Always, just like golden mics.
2: This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback.
0: Stargate Pioneer, when you and I aren't podcasting, we often find ourselves over on our Discord server. It's the Gunna Geek Discord server, but we got a little Better Podcasting corner over there. You can find that at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. And this week, we had a comment from Waffles say... Oh, digging way back in the conversation, but at Stephen John Drew, it looks like the $5 drum pad I got at the flea market plays nicely with my DAW and actually works. So, when we get the new house, which means new space for me, I'll have myself a pretty sweet little setup going with plenty of buttons to push. So, what this was, this was in reference to a while back we talked about on the show and in the Discord how you can sometimes Save yourself a little bit of time by using something that does macros or hotkeys when you're editing. And there's a variety of different devices that are available for this. And I was mentioning that sometimes MIDI keypads and MIDI controllers will work with certain DAWs, meaning that you could make them so that you push a button on it and it does an action on your editor. And uh, wa- um, Waffles said that he had had a drum pad that he had around and he was going to give it a bit of a try and it looks like it worked. So for five bucks, there you go. He can maybe make himself a little more efficient.
1: And Waffles, I'll throw this out to you since you're a member of the Guinea Geek Network. Once you get that new house, if you want to consult on how I would help, you know, try to put a studio together you know, just give me a call. I'll drive out there and we'll see what we can do. Steph Fuccio in our Discord server said, guesting is kind of like an internship. For example, I had a guest on my pod and we really clicked. We almost started a pod together, but she had too much going on, so that didn't work out. But our topic connection, books about culture, was strong. So when she suggested somebody else that is a guest, I asked her if she wanted to be a guest host and interview them. She said yes. The interview is done and great, and next week I am training her on Audacity because she wants to learn how to edit pods and start her own someday. Not sure how often this happens in Podland, but when you guest, you could ask questions about the process and see how it goes. A true story, Steph, that's actually how I started podcasting. I got to be a guest on a podcast and then just rolled from there, and I'm still trying to attain the greatness of my original producer.
0: We also had a comment from John Jamingo say, I have a question setting up the Zoom L12 mixer as an audio interface. When I first got my Zoom L12, I set it up using an external sound card. I took the audio out of my computer to channel 8 and then used a headphone jack to the sound card input. Is there a way to use the L12 as an audio interface through channels 9, 10 USB so that I can record via StreamYard and not use an external sound card. So I'm not going to get too technical with this right now, but the long story short on this, and there is a big long post in our discord if you want to read more about this. But the long story short is that the way that my experience has been with the L12 is I always pump my USB audio out from my computer into those USB channels that John was mentioning. I think it's 9, 10, 11, 12 on the L12 that do USB. So my main computer output is going through a USB connection into the L12. Now, the problem is when you're trying to do a return back to somebody, it's not really possible to do a mix minus so that they don't hear themselves back without using extra software on your computer or using an analog connection to go out from the headphone out where you do have the different mixes. So you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place on that, either you're using software on your computer, which could uh, implement uh, latency or it could end up not being the strongest or you could have a bunch of other software problems. You could end up passing that headphone jack from the headphone output over to one of your inputs. So like into channel one, which then could be fed in via USB, but now you're giving up the, uh, the input on your L12, or you're using an external sound card. For me personally, I just kept using an external sound card to take that mix out from the L12 to go into the sound card, which then went out to the participant. So unfortunately, it's not as easy as, say, the Rodecaster Pro that specifically manages that mix minus.
1: And honestly, it's a very difficult thing to do with any device out there right now. A mix minus usually requires an additional sound output input sort of thing. So we'll see how that progresses with this year's round of gear. I have no knowledge of it whatsoever, but I just have an inkling several different companies are going to try to replicate the Zoom L12 and the Rodecaster Pro sort of technology. We also got a post in our Discord, and this is really neat, by Yako Doctor, which is Jeremy from the Transmissions podcast. He's been pretty active in the Discord lately. Jeremy, we're glad to have you in there. And he said, one-person convention coverage is hard. Not seen is the Zoom H6 in my pocket. He actually has a picture, a selfie picture of himself with his microphone and his iPhone 8 Plus that is in the cradle of a DJI Mobile three gimbal, and I have the mobile two, and it works great. And I just didn't have a need to go up to the mobile three like he has. But he's sitting there with all this stuff. He's got his H six in the pocket, and he's going around getting interviews. Now he's just started releasing the interviews over on his network, which is the Transmissions Network, and it was great. But I, when when I went to C two E two, which was the convention that he just covered the last weekend, we had a whole team there, so it was pretty easy to get different coverage in because there was always somebody there to hold the camera or somebody there to monitor the audio or something like that. If we were doing that, Uh, he did that all by himself. I know that is difficult. I've heard stories of people that do it by themselves. God bless you guys. You are going and gals, you guys are going out, getting all that great audio for your listeners. And it's just, it's a commitment. Don't think it's not. It is definitely a commitment going to the convention with a plan. Jeremy definitely did. He talked to us in the discord beforehand, everybody in our discord to try to get good advice on how to do it and he incorporated a lot of that advice and got great content out of it so congratulations jeremy i look forward to hearing more of your interviews that you did at c2e2
0: if you want to see this photo head to geeks.link slash solo jeremy and we'll of course have that linked in our show notes it's uh it's always fun to see people doing podcasting or podcast related activities uh so if you want to send us a picture tweet us at better as you are doing your podcast. Maybe we could put something together and share those somewhere and people can see you making your podcast. Well, SP, that's going to take us to the end of another episode. Before we go, I want to remind everybody uh, just to confirm what we're doing with Better Podcasting this year. If you've noticed that we've been bi-weekly for the last little bit, that's absolutely the case. Back in episode 217, we talked all about this. If you missed that episode... We are doing better podcasting on a biweekly basis, but we still record or do a live stream every single Tuesdays. And during the off weeks, we're actually doing a little live chat, a Q&A sort of thing over on geeks.live. And this is intended so that we can create some extra content, free up some time for betterpodcasting.com. We've done some things. There's been some articles, some videos. Uh, If you want to check that out, betterpodcasting.com. We're just trying to build up more resources for podcasters who can have free resources at their fingertips. Plus, also, give SP more space on the internet. That's always the top goal.
1: (laughs) We won't necessarily have content out there every week for our off weeks but rest assured we're both working on longer term projects last weekend i was working on a longer term project so i didn't get anything out last weekend but we will have extra content out just check out betterpodcasting.com you'll get all the great content that we're producing in addition to the podcast just building up that back catalog of content on the website and then we'll see if we return to weekly Better Podcasting episodes at some time, either later this year, maybe next year, or something like that.
0: So, for episode number 220 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying I need to upgrade my microphone. That's what I took away from today's episode.
1: And I'm SP saying this is a Samsung QTU. It's in the box, but I've used it before. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.
2: Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.